Greetings, future lovers. This is Killstreak, episode 64. I'm Eric Goslin, and joining me, as always, from Austin, Texas, though soon to be Los Angeles, California, uh, hopefully sooner than later, Mr. Mike Price. How are you, Mike? I'm good. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how this housing market holds up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems rough. I might be commuting from West Arizona. Uh, so <laughs> stay tuned. Everyone. Oh my God. I, I live in Blythe, California, right over the Arizona border. <laughs> I've heard Baker is nice. Uh, <laughs> oh man. What a grim state of affairs. We, we all are living in right now. Uh, speaking of grim states of affairs, I am fucking tired. Uh, so if I seem a little out of it tonight, it's because my son woke up at three 30 in the morning and did not go back to sleep. Until about five thirty, and then was up for the day at seven. So, what weird, weird night? For what me. did you guys do from three thirty to five thirty? Would almost fall back to sleep, and then all of a sudden he would yell from his room. Oh. Uh, so the culprit, I think, um, we've been giving him these melatonin gummies because sometimes he um, has trouble falling asleep. And, okay, uh, it it works like a charm, putting him to sleep. Mm-hmm. But we sometimes. Uh, I know in my experience, I took melatonin at some point, and after a while, it started giving me crazy dreams. Okay. Um, very realistic, crazy dreams, and that's I think that's what was happening with him last night because he, he like told me in the morning, he's like, "Dad, I had the weirdest dreams last night," and like, "Oh, okay, so we're not going to give you any more melatonin <laughs> for a while." You could try like out. a like maybe a five milligram THC. Uh, Jesus Christ. CBD gummy, those do pretty good. Yeah, no, no, I don't think I'm going to give my son uh, edibles. Why not? Um, there was a funny. Um, we were driving around, and a PSA for vaping or something came on, uh-huh. and I was like, de- for was like, or against vaping? Against it, against <laughs> okay. it. Okay, and I was like, hey, there's one thing I better never catch you do, which is smoke. And I don't want you to do drugs before you're 18. I don't want you to smoke marijuana before you're 18. Uh, because it does affect the development of a, of a teenager's mm. brain. I don't care what you do after. Mm. Um, and he's like, Dad, of course I'm not. You know why? I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good that's point. Full- you don't know how. That's uh, foolproof. There's no way that that... <laughs> gonna, anyway, I forever. love him. Even if he yeah. kept me up through most of the night. And it's Mother's kid. Day today, so I was on, uh, I was on, I was on parent duty for most of the day. Well, my, I guess you could call it a wife, <laughs> <laughs> went out and gallivanted with her friend, her friends, mm. her friend Ron, <laughs> her friend, yeah, friend, her friend, her, her waiter you, friend Ron. Do you She's, have to? Do you have to sleep in the basement when? Yeah, when, when Ron, Ron comes, comes over? to visit. <laughs> Oh, For some reason, she was really into hanging out with him today. I don't know what they did, but they they wouldn't tell me. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear how the rest of the week goes for you guys. <laughs> of course, I'm just kidding. I hope. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk about <laughs> Phantasm Ravager, the final film in the Phantasm series, maybe ever. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think they'll continue? Um, I, I have my own theory. Uh, I... But what, what do you think? I believe, uh, looking at the state of affairs in Hollywood, that we will have another Phantasm movie. I believe that it will be 
finally an attempt to reboot or re yes. or remake the franchise. Um, because I do think that there there is no conceivable way to continue <laughs> without Angus Scrim. Yes. Um, and as he passed away since the making of this film, rest in peace. Um, it's not possible. You can't do it. And and also, I don't think anybody. I can't imagine there are a lot of people who are clamoring no. for more. Um, Michael Baldwin and and Dave, what is Thornberry? What's his Bill Thornberry? Dave? Bill Thornberry. Yeah, to, yeah. To burn up minutes on screen. Uh, yeah, I I am in. I one hundred percent agree with everything you said. I think we will see another Phantasm movie at some point. It will be a reboot, and Reggie Bannister will probably have a cameo or something in it. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. As another mm-hmm. character, or maybe as Reggie in the. I mean, that's the thing about this series is that it. it especially in this one, it's about alternate realities and parallel mm. universes. So conceivably you can do other stories. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I do think the longer that the series went on, the more ridiculous, like as the stakes went higher, especially in this movie, sure. just the whole general conceit of the tall man needs Michael. Right. Is becomes ridiculous. And just like the, I don't know why at that, but by the end of this movie, I don't know why the tall man needs Mike. So, yeah. Um, Full disclosure. I really don't understand what happened in this movie. Um, Mm. Up to a point. I mean, I have an idea, but yeah, up to a point I was with it. um, Mm -hmm. And then I want to say right around the two thirds mark, probably. Yep. Um, like, I mean, yeah, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but there's like a point at which the tall man gives Reggie sort of a offer ultimatum and there's like a, a consideration. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like, I'm just like, I don't fucking I don't know if we're if we're even supposed to know what's real and what's not. Yeah. Uh, and I don't true. I don't really understand what the plan was or anything. It just kind of like. It got to a point where I threw my hands up in the air and I was like, all right, this is this is whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So this is a good a place as any to get into our blood and guts check. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for myself, this is my second time watching it and um, did not come away from it the first time with with uh, anything much nice to say about it. And I think watching it this time, I even texted you. I had about 25 minutes left. Yeah. Yep. And I, uh, I like kind of called it a night and I was going to finish it in the morning. And I was like, you know what? I think this is better than I remember it. And then <laughs> I texted you today after I'd finished it and be like, you know what? Right after I texted you, that's when the movie gets really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you're talking that 20 minutes, what it's an 85, 86 minute movie. So that 20 yeah, minutes yeah. is the last quarter of the movie. So yep. that's most of what I'm talking about having a lot of trouble with um yeah blood and guts check how did we feel about it this time second time through i mean obviously the ending didn't really work for you what about the whole no so as a whole i think there are really cool ideas in this movie mm-hmm. and i i i don't know that it's necessarily a good phantasm idea but i really like the idea of dementia ver- like mm-hmm. like in a horror movie what's real what's imagined um, right. what's just existing in Reggie's head yeah that being said it, uh 
I don't think it really works in a Phantasm movie to have one of the main characters have dementia. Because mm. if you're calling the whole thing into question, what have we been watching for four movies right. pre- previous to this? You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, did, you know, does that make sense? <laughs> well, it, it, it does. But I mean, here's I this isn't I agree with you that that's not a great move. But if I was to play devil's advocate, I I would sort of say, isn't that sort of what happens at the end of the first movie to the whole plot of the first movie? Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, you're you're right. Because basically, we watch the whole movie and be like, no, that what you thought you saw wasn't real. But then that sort of gets dismantled through the next mm-hmm. three movies. Yeah. So I think that, and then <sighs> I agree with you that having it all be a figment of someone's imagination is almost never a satisfying move Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't be a good move in this case but i think it's a good conceit and i think it would have worked a lot better if you just kind of very plainly clarify that it's like nope the tall man's real this is like one last evil thing that he did to like make reggie think that he had dementia and like this is this is how he got him in the end or whatever like instead of like leaving it as wild and open-ended as it ends up being yeah, man, there's so many unanswered questions with each one of these movies, and they mm-hmm. they just don't ever answer anything. Um, I'll say, okay, so I think the stuff in the hospital, I liked. The stuff yeah. with the main characters all reunited, I liked. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I really didn't, I, I even liked the stuff in the woods with the cabin, like, with Reggie. What I really, where the film really loses me, and I say film in quotation marks, uh, is the apocalyptic stuff. Sure. Once we get to that portion, it looks like garbage. Mm -hmm. It looks like garbage. It is maybe one of the worst looking things we've watched. Right? Am I wrong? I I I agree. Although here's what I'll say is that I think that I was forced to reflect on this last night, and I think that we are conditioned. By our by our age, our generation, um, how we came up to just like have a general distaste for CGI and like especially poorly executed CGI. Yeah. And when I found out that the director of this movie, David Hartman, did all of the CGI, mm-hmm. I was like, ah. Oh. That kind of makes me like I still don't like how it looks, but all of a sudden it forced me to think about it in this different light of like, what if it was all animated? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Or what if it was all stop motion where it was like it would still look ridiculous, but it would be but cool. It would, it would be cool. But the thing is, is like I think that that maybe to a certain degree, part of that is is, and I agree with you, but I'm also like I don't know is part of this my hang up. Where it's just mm-hmm. like, where you look, you look at a guy, and we're not talking about like. It sounds like I'm talking about like some 19 year old who's like he did it all in his bedroom. It's like no, this is like a guy, this is a working professional. Yeah, 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 he's like an animator, I think. But he's also like a Channel 101 guy. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, it's like a pretty cool like comedy indie filmmaking collective the slash competition that exists in Los Angeles. Uh, it's kind of where Dan Harmon came from. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he has connections to like the Lonely Island before they they were on Saturday Night Live. And so I mean, it's a guy with like a real creative spirit. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. My point is like I think 
there's like extra vitriol coming from both of us because of the medium of just like digital effects that are just like done very cheaply and entirely within a computer. And it's like, I agree with you. I think it looks awful, but I also, part of me is like, I don't know. I mean, they can't, he couldn't afford to do it any other way. So it's like, I don't know. I guess he did create a post-apocalyptic world and like, like brought to screen in some way, shape, or form these huge, crazy ideas that otherwise would have been totally unattainable. Yeah, so I'm not forgiving it so much as I'm just like. I, I... So let me let yeah. me um let me re- rebut this a, a bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, and also say I think the sphere effects look cool, and I, I like mm-hmm. the giant sphere effects too. I like all that stuff. Yeah. Um. I think the problem is it's sh- they should have taken a lesson from the uh, Phantasm One and Phantasm mm-hmm. Four and scaled back the story to yeah. meet the budget. Sure. Which right, we'll get into how this movie was made, but I think they're trying to do way way too much with the I, amount I of agree. resources they have I in agree. a way that really hamstrings the entire thing. Mm-hmm. It looks. Re- it's a shame. Listen, this is so overly harsh. I don't mean this to be as harsh as it's about to sound. It's a shame that this is Angus Scrim's last movie for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Also, because there are he looks ridiculous. The mm. the the digital the digital effects the the digital photography does yeah. is doing him no favors. And I felt yeah. I there are aspects in this movie where I felt bad for him because I'm like, wow, he just looks like an old man, mm-hmm. and they're digitally zooming on him. And making yeah. him, you know, it just it's, it was so awkward to me. And there that are all these shots harsher where, like, than what I than than what I, uh, yeah, feel in my heart about this movie. And, I don't and there's it. like a there are a lot of shots of him where he's like, especially towards the end, where it's just like he clearly just sort of stood in front of a camera, and mm-hmm. then they had voiceover done at a, at a separate point in time, and it's just like, yeah, he's just standing there, like, it's morbid, but like like a fucking corpse that yeah. they trotted out in front of a camera. Um, yeah, so I, 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 yeah, that resonates with me. And I'll also say this, it's like, there are, once you wade into this sandbox of cheap CGI, like there are many, many levels and it can be hard to differentiate, especially if you're sort of an outsider to the industry. I will say that the effects in this movie, especially the post-apocalyptic stuff that, that Eric's talking about at the end, like this is probably not a coincidence. What it reminds me of more than anything else is when like comedy people doing like a sketch video would be like, Hey, we need some quick, like, you know, yeah. special effects for it, like a it, shot. It looks like the segment in, I think you should leave where Sam, uh, I forget his last name. Um, Sam Richardson, Sam Richardson is yeah. like fighting apocalyptic skeletons. Oh no, that looks way better than this movie. <laughs> 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 it really does i know the scene you're talking about and it looks significantly better like yeah this looks like something that we that when i was a sophomore in college and mind you this was we're talking about almost 20 years ago like we like did sketch videos and then asked a senior who knew how to use uh you know flash like yeah. to like hey can you do some animations for this video can you like put a robot in there and he's like, yeah, I can do yeah. that. And then we got it back, and I was like, I mean, I guess it's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> All of this being said, I made mm. a movie that doesn't look great. You know what I mean? Like, Sure. Like, 
We were talking about off camera. I don't know if you're going to bring it up, but another no, Yeti yeah. has its shortcomings and it's all done digitally and we have bad CGI effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was all, it, we're making a, a an exploitation right. like, comedy. It owns like the fact that, that, it, exactly. yeah, that it looks shitty. And also it's made for like I'm, 15 grand. <laughs> yeah. You made it for, I think, a tenth of the estimated budget of this movie. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a lot of the bad. And also, uh, let is. me say yes, this. Yes. And I'll say this. I want to say one more neg- super negative thing, which is maybe the harshest thing that I have to say about this movie, which is like, all the CGI, I'm willing to give it a little bit of a pass because that shit is expensive, right? Yeah, sure. And all of the stuff that we love, the practical stuff, is even more expensive, mm-hmm. right? Like, the biggest reason that CGI has become fucking everything isn't really because it's better or it's easier. It's because it's cheaper. It's much, much, much cheaper. Like, especially now with the technology that exists, it's so much cheaper to do a squib or a, you know, a muzzle flash or whatever the fuck you're going to do. It's like it costs pennies on the dollar versus trying to do that stuff. Yeah, like it's faster too. Yeah. Which so also adds to the cheapness. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. So giving all of that, not a full pass, but a little bit of like, I get it, right? It's like, I don't sign off on it. I don't love it, but it's like, I get it. Take all that away. Take away the fact that this appears to have been shot on like, I don't know. I I think saying prosumer cameras is probably being too kind. Yeah. Like, yeah. It looks like it was shot on like, you know, like Canon, like, you know, 5D is like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's a $2,000 camera, but it's like, it's also the same thing that like people used to I don't shoot even flowers. That, I don't even know that it looks that good. Yeah. The 5D has a nice depth of field. Yeah. And this, okay. this movie's very yeah. flat. I don't right. Know. And that's a th- another thing, like lenses, right? It's a thing that in, until you get more involved in the process of like filmmaking and like using a camera to shoot stuff, it's like everything in this movie maybe was shot with one lens. I don't know. Um, But it's like, it doesn't have much cinematic uh, mastery to it. Right. Uh, I think that it is a sort of Herculean effort of low budget production and some very interesting attempts at wild storytelling uh, and it's clearly a labor of love, and it's cool mm-hmm. that it it was willed into existence. But it's like, you know, Don Coscarelli uh, is somebody who we've established by watching the movies that he directed, and I've seen some of his other movies. It's like he's a filmmaker. He's someone with a filmmaker's eye. He knows how to shoot things. Um, that's missing here. Everything looks yeah. like. I mean, again, I keep going back to this comparison, but everything looks like a like a like a sketch comedy video or like a web series, right? Like, and I don't, and and not like a web series now where people are like, Oh yeah. Like this is like, kids are going to go on to be commercial directors. It's like, no, this looks like a web series from like 2008. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, Okay. Let's, let me say some positives. Yeah. This movie. Cause I, cause there are some, there are some. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think Reggie Bannister does a fine job. Um, Mm -hmm. I, the emotional stuff, the stuff that is meant to be emotional, oftentimes did work for me. Yeah. And I, and I was moved in certain scenes. Um, 
But I, in a certain way, I was moved more by the meta aspect of it, of like, oh, yeah, this mm. is all three of them again in, right. in a room together talking. And it is the last time. Like, actually, the scene, I, one, a wonderful scene that Angus Scrim is in is, in, is that hospital bed scene. Yeah, where, with him and Reggie Bannister. Right? Yeah. That was great. And that's the last mm-hmm. thing he ever shot. Yeah. Um, and it was great. And he's mm-hmm. great in it. Um, it's nice to see him acting like a normal person in a movie. Like the Jebediah yeah. character is like mm-hmm. refreshing because you see so much of the tall man scowling. Uh, so those things mm. all like work for me. And I think the first, the first part of the movie is fun. Like watching Reggie wandering around and meeting Don and all that stuff. That's all fun. It's all fun. And then it just starts to go off the rails. Once the real big quote unquote, big budget set pieces start like occurring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and I mean, I do think that there, and this almost sounds like I'm trying to take something away from the movie. Again, I'm not, but but there is, there is, you use the term meta, and it's like, the way that they use this dementia sort of conceit and structured a lot of the first half of the movie really plays to the strengths of like what they had to work with, which is like, you get extra mileage out of the fact that you are like, especially with Michael Baldwin, because he was a child when they shot mm-hmm. the first movie, right? Like he, he was, you know, I don't know. What was he? 15, like 14, 12, 12. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, he is in this movie and there are, you watch close ups of him and you're looking at a, a a middle-aged man, right? Yeah. And it's like you get this extra kind of boost that it's like you can't get from makeup effects and you can't get from just yeah. storytelling alone. It's like, no, that is a middle-aged man that used to be a child at the beginning of this story, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it were and I think with him more than anything you feel it because Reggie Bannister one, they're like, you know, still dyeing his hair in half of this half of the movie. And two, it's yeah. like he was he was bald with a ponytail when the, I mean, he was like in his twenties still, I think when they shot the first one. Yeah. But he like, like looked old. You know yeah. I mean? He, he looked old, old then. Looking. Right. Uh, I was thinking like for a, for a closing for, for our next episode of the recap, I'm like, should we do like who aged the best and worst? But I'm like, yeah, I, I was think thinking it's... that too. It's a little too mean though. <laughs> it's a little mean and it's a little cut and dry. I think. Cause there's, you got your, your, I mean, Angus Scrim aged the best cause he was already <laughs> yeah, when yeah. they started, you know, but anyways, um, By the way, it's I'll Angus Scrim, the, then Reggie Bannister, then Michael Baldwin, then Bill Thornberry. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah, that is a, that is the answer. In <laughs> um, the again, the like the digital cameras don't do them any favors. They're sh- no. all of their wrinkles and receding mm-hmm. hairlines are on display for better or for worse. I mean, I am I am a big proponent of having normal looking people. on camera but there was a certain point in this movie where i was like these might be too normal of people to be watching (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's just like watching my dad's friends or something (laughs) yeah well and this is the kind of movie where it's like i don't know i made reggie bannister's wife was maybe the hair and makeup person she definitely was like you know doing sphere effects and stuff like that she's a Mm co-producer on the movie it's a real family affair yeah and uh, so normally, I, I we'll talk about more pluses and minuses as we go through the plot. And normally, I would really jump into some heavy duty behind the scenes stuff here. 
But I, I think in this case, at least because I didn't have a chance to finish the Coscarelli book, I have an idea of how this came together, but I would just sort of be paraphrasing. So do you want to just briefly touch on how David Hartman came to make this film and like kind of what yeah. that what the launch of this was? Yeah, so some of the details are a little fuzzy because I at this point listened to the book like a month and a half ago. But mm-hmm. um, the the long and the short of it is that David Hartman is a big Phantasm fan, and over the course of years, they just started filming scenes mm-hmm. um, with like Reggie Bannister. They'd go up to uh, maybe his cabin or another crew member's cabin. Him and Don Coscarelli. Coscarelli was very much involved in this movie. He wasn't. Yeah. But I don't think he had any interest in directing mm. it. And and to just to to confirm, it is Reggie and Gigi Bannister's home. It's not just like it's not a vacation oh, cabin. It's like their house. That's it's their where house. They live. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they went up to Reggie's house. I think the first thing they shot was the scene where Reggie picks up Don and like mm-hmm. they go up to the cabin and yeah. Uh, they're just kind of filming it just as like sort of a short sort of just web like, series. It really was yeah. like maybe going to be a web series. Yeah. And then they just kept going and they just kept going and it kept getting bigger and bigger and they shot it for over a longer period of time. And then then they're basically like piecing together a movie over the course of years, which is a really interesting way to work. Um, And I think maybe that lends some of the incoherence to the plot a little bit because it does feel like a make it up as you go along kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and then I, I mean, really, that's that's about the extent of like stories that I remember. It wasn't. Yeah. It was Angus Grimm's last movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he he got to see it before he passed away, and he said he liked it. Um, yeah. There's a story in the book where they're at some sort of premiere, and um, David Hartman had brought either David or Don had brought Angus to the screening, and then <clears throat> they were trying to decide who's going to bring him back home after. Mm. And he's like, well, if I don't like the movie, I'm going to go home with Don. And if I do like the movie, I'm going to go home with you, David. And then after, <laughs> after the movie was finished, he's like, I'm going to go home with you, David. So he ended up like going home. Yeah, that's and then um, to sort of eerily parallel the movie, mm-hmm. um, Angus's last moments uh, Coscarelli was present for. He was in the hospital okay. when he when he died, and he was at his bedside. Like, wow, ver- which is like a direct scene from the movie. So I don't, uh, yeah, I mean it would be after the movie was done, uh, which is a little bit uh prophetic and um, you know, poetic too, because the, yeah, Angus made his career on the Tall Man. He mm-hmm. loved the Tall Man. Yeah, uh, and I think. Something you said rings true that without Angus Grimm, there is no phantasm right. in this ser- in this series. Mm-hmm. So I think this portion should die with him. Yeah, and then it can be open for you know reboots. I would support. It. I think a reboot would be cool, honestly. Yeah, I'd love I think to see this these concepts in another director's hands. And it's been long enough too. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing is, it's like yeah, if you're gonna reboot something. Then, yeah, reboot something from the late 70s, from the early 80s. It's like, give it 40 years and then go again. It's the, There's nothing drives me crazier than, you know, the reboot that comes 15 years after the original. Yeah, um, the cabin fever. Yeah, 
Well, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, and I think you touched on something like, cause I wanted to say one more positive thing before we like move into talking about the movie, which is just like the one thing, like, and you, you said this in not, not so many words earlier, but the one thing this movie does have, and it really succeeds at is it does carry over the spirit of this whole series, which is, is this sort of, it's, it's about family, right? It's like, I mean, the series is about a bunch of stuff, but this this whole thing of like Mike and Reggie and to a certain degree Jody in the later movies of it's always about trying to get back together, trying to get to each other, trying to stand like stick up for one another and protect each other. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about it is, is, you know, within within the movie itself, within the text, you know, Angus Scrim is is like the enemy and he's he's the one holding all of that up and, and standing in the way. But in, in reality, it's like he is part of that family and, and Don Coscarelli is too. And I think that that's not lost here, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a very general thing to say, but this movie, if it has nothing else, it has a lot of heart, I think. It does. It does. Yeah. And, it has a lot of fan service too. It does. It definitely does. And I think... <sighs> I think that this sort of misbegotten final third of the film that we've hinted at so much sadly does color a lot of this stuff for me at the end of the day. Because mm-hmm. I think if it had wrapped up much more tidily in a way, like you said, if it had stayed smaller, if it had stayed more focused, if they had not sort of overstepped what they were able to do, then I think I would be kind of making like trying to forgive these things more i'd be like yeah it looks like shit and yeah blah blah, blah. yeah but it's like it's really cool what they accomplished and blah, blah blah but i do think that the things that were in the control of the filmmakers also like like there are a lot of things that were out of their control sp- largely because of you know financial issues but the stuff that was in the control of David Hartman and Coscarelli for what part he had in making this, like they did kind of botch bringing it home and bringing yeah. it all together. Yeah. Not to beat a dead horse, but uh, mm-hmm. like my pitch for the movie would be to keep it small, to keep Reggie, Reggie, uh, the first part of the movie mm-hmm. like, is actually happening. Reggie emerges from the desert, whatever, right. Meets Dawn ends up in a hospital because right. he has dementia. And then the tall man torments him in the hospital for right. the rest of the movie. Mike, Mike comes, you know, whatever mm-hmm. they, you know, figure out a way to bring Mike back. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's like scarier to have mm-hmm. a man with dementia being tormented by this evil being almost like Bubba Hotep, honestly, like it would be sure. a, a little bit of Bubba Hotep in there. Yeah. Um, well, the, it's an easy way to bring Jody back in too, which is just like, yeah, have Jody show up at the hospital. And Reggie's like, no man, you're dead. You're You've been dead. dead yeah, for, exactly. Yeah. For 25, 35 years. And, and it's like, and it, like you said, it's scarier. It's darker for that to be true. Yeah. That like, that this is the tall man's like last way of torturing and getting back at, you know, this sort of nemesis he's had for the whole series. Yeah. And you know? it's all stuff that's there too. It is, it, mm-hmm. that stuff is there in the movie. It's just not right. clear. It's not clear. Yeah. yeah. And I think they just, like you said, it's like such a, you know what it is, is it's like, uh, they took a four barreled shotgun full of ideas <laughs> and, uh, it yeah. just blasted them everywhere. And it's like, I think maybe they needed, uh, that pistol that was in Reggie's glove box. Oh, hell yeah. That's a great way to put it. At a time when they should be 
tying up loose ends. They just kind of mm. blew out more <laughs> loose ends. So <laughs> what? Blown out loose ends. Yeah. <laughs> Pink socks were everywhere. Oh no, no! <laughs> I, had su- okay. I had such a clean segue to the end, and then we had to get to pink socks. You son of a bitch! <laughs> Do you have anything else you wanted to say before we get into the recap? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, Look, Google pink sock. No, don't. <laughs> uh, okay. <sighs> All right. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be back to recap. Hey, everybody. This is Eric from Killstreak. Just wanting you to check out PinkSock.com. Go to Google. Type in Pink Sock. What is it? You'll find out, (laughs) and you're going to thank me. All right. Back to the recap. There are some schools of thought that suggest the possibility that one could be in two places at once. I can't tell what's real anymore. So I wander, following the tall man's path of destruction. One eye out for those spheres, and the other for him. He is clearly delusional. You're not even real. You're my bad dream. out of my way. Oh, it really is an amazing story. Epic, actually. As we often do, we're on a desert highway. Reggie emerges from the distance with his quad gun and his ice cream man outfit. Um, and it, you can tell right away that this is approximately 15 to 16 years after the last movie because he <laughs> looks like he is aged, as yeah. we all have. I don't look the same as I did 10 years ago, for sure. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah, is that more fireworks? There are fucking crazy fireworks. We heard, uh, in between the break, we heard what is the craziest sounding firework I've ever heard in my life. Uh, we called, my wife called down, or I called up to her. She said it sounded like somebody stuck a firework on the end of a motorcycle and then rammed it into a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell if she was serious or not. That's That's what she thought happened. But anyway, crazy stuff's been going on. Anyway, yeah. so, uh, he emerges from the desert. He's like, oh, man, I sure could use a rocket pop right about now. He's been, it's 110 degrees out, no food, a few drops of water where I can find it. But it still feels good to be back home, if it is, even is home. 
can't tell what's real anymore because of him. Then we get a tall man run down, as we often do at the beginning of these movies, just kind of clips from the last movies and <laughs> explaining who he is, what he does. He's taken everything from me. It's just me now. My name's Reggie. Uh, I'm on foot because some fuckwad jacked my Plymouth Cuda that I had stashed in the desert. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say, all of this stuff, knowing now that, like, specifically this opening was maybe conceived as, like, a phantasm short. Yeah. Which, like, really makes a lot more sense in retrospect that it's like... It, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels like this is almost meant to be viewed where it's like, there are going to be some people who don't really know what the deal is with Phantasm who are going to be watching this, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is not really the case for a movie called Phantasm Ravager that's the fifth movie in a series. The fifth movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He finds an abandoned building and a duffel bag that he can stick his gun into, his quad gun. Uh, and then we like briefly get a glimpse of somebody getting like brain sucked in the back of the of the abandoned building. <clears throat> Don't see who it is or why, but you know it's happening because some really bad sound effects are <laughs> popping off. <clears throat> and then suddenly the Cuda pulls up alongside him. So he's in the middle of the road. The Cuda pulls up behind him. Mm-hmm. Get out of the road, asshole! And then it's just some fucking nerd who would never steal a car. <laughs> that's like my big dude. It's like he doesn't look like a car thief at all. It's a it's a weird casting because this guy shows up and he's such a weird nerd dude. I'm like, this has got to be the director, right? That's this what I is, thought too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this has got to be some sort of cameo. And then it's like, nope, this guy's an actor who like I mean, he is he is sort of attached roughly to the series. He in addition to acting, is also does he works music. So he does like temp soundtracks. Okay. Uh, or temp scores, I should say, and is also like an assistant music supervisor and stuff. And he did work on like Bubba Hotep and Phantasm Oblivion. So okay. So it is kind of a cameo, but it's also like uh, it's a weird. It's like, who, the, who is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. It just seemed like it really does seem like the director who just did it because he was mm-hmm. an extra body who could be in the movie. Um. So anyway, he gives Reggie. He offers to give Reggie a ride for fifty bucks. <laughs> so Reggie gets in he's like hey nice car you don't see too many 71 Cudas driving around I had one just like it of course mine had a a 9mm in the center console and a guy like cause he's it's not his car he flips open the center console there's nothing there and he's like oh phew oh that's right it was in the glove box and he pulls out the gun from the <laughs> glove box points it he's like get the fuck out of my car steals his jacket too I like that scene you know, it's kind of it's fun yeah, the guy, the guy's miscast, but whatever. <laughs> he leaves the guy in his undies in the middle of the desert and peels off. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, two sentinels are there. They fly right at him. One sticks into the back, the back of his head. the The guy with the, uh, you know, the car thief, right, starts fucking him up. The other one chases Reggie. Reggie shoots at it from the car. It starts like ramming the sides of his car. He grabs one, slams it, slams the brakes uh, on the car, and s- stuffs it in the glove box. And it starts drilling like out its way out. So Reggie opens it up, takes his gun, shoots it point blank like eight times. It's kind of silly. I gotta be honest. It is it's very like a, silly. Yeah, yeah. It makes like this like R two D two death noise too. It's like, <laughs> when it's dying. <laughs> yeah, Reggie. There's a lot of gunplay in this movie, and none of it looks good. 
No, and this is well. The yeah. quad gun stuff looks fine. The quad gun stuff looks okay, but it's. I mean, it's. I kind of touched on this a little bit in the open, but it is all. I mean, so it's not even prop gun. Like, I mean, they're prop guns, but it's not like traditionally in Hollywood on higher budget movies. You have prop guns are real guns that are firing blanks, and there's like a safety, a gun safety tech on set, and all this stuff, and yeah, you know. We were going to maybe hear a story about that, right? At some point. Oh, yeah. Do we ever get a voicemail about that? Let me. Uh, check no, we didn't. But we okay, still got I'll, one I'll, more. I'll, I'll bug, him. I'll bug yeah. him about it. We still got one more Phantasm episode to record. Um, but this is not that. This is just like these are fake guns and everything is. So there's no recoil. They don't. There's no movement to them. The muzzle flashes are digital. Yeah. Any blood effects are digital. So there's like no physicality to any of it. It doesn't feel yeah. real at all. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we did on our movie, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it is what it is. Right. But maybe we did. Well, we did have a lot of gunfights, but whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. So he throws the car in reverse, starts shooting at it. It's a great moment. He just like runs over the dead guy in the middle of those. Yeah. Road. Crushes his I head. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Then he gets out of the car to make his last stand. And then, boom, we flash to white. Reggie's driving down the highway now. He's got a sweet pair of wraparound shades on. <laughs> cool then old we, man, uh, Reggie. Yeah, really cool old man shit. Uh, <clears throat> we, like, zoom in on the spinning hubcap and cut to the spinning of a wheelchair wheel. Reggie gasps. He's old and white now. We're in the hospital. I'm going to refer to him now as Hospital Reggie. Okay. There's Hospital Reggie and there's Apocalypse. There's Hospital Reggie. There's like Reggie who will be the Reggie that's like on the adventure until we get to the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to refer to him as Apocalyptic Reggie. Okay. Sounds there's, good. I know there's only two of them. There's only two Reggies, I think, in this time frame, timeline. Uh, are there? I thought there were three timelines. Oh, maybe there are three because there's the whole stuff... I guess if we're led, to, if we're um, led to believe, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's not the right word. But anyway, there's this stuff that we're covering. The like yeah. adventure Reggie, adventure Reggie, yeah. And then that leads to Reggie in the hospital, right? And that's no, the same I think Reggie. Those are two different. Those di- that's a different Reggie. A different. And then that's there's the apocalyptic Reggie. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. a third Reggie? That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. I guess maybe on this. All right. But I mean, like so I said, I, I was the one who was really confused. So I'm the most likely to be wrong. But that was that was how I the best way I could make sense of any of it was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll figure it out as we go along. Uh, so he's in a wheelchair. Mike's pushing him. He's old and white. Now his, his hair, mm-hmm. although later in the movie, his hair is still dyed black. But in these first initial cuts. Yes. He, his hair is white and his facial hair is white too. It looks cool. I mean, like mm-hmm. yeah. it, it turns out it looks good when you just age naturally and don't color your hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mike's pushing him. Reggie starts piecing together that he's at a hospital. Mike, by the way, has a sweet ass ponytail as well. Never lost it. <laughs> Never lost it. Where the hell am I? You're safe. Reggie, you've been my rock. When Jody died, you were the one who took care of me, and I'll owe you forever for that. And Reggie wants to know why he's there. They found him wandering in the desert, like Moses. <laughs> a little silly there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not crazy about the script. 
I'm not crazy about the script, and I wish it was a little bit better directed too. Because like you know, these guys, uh, they they're fine when they're used well, Mm -hmm. and I think some of their line delivery doesn't really work for me. It could have been more natural. Right. Well, we talked about this when we were talking about three to four, where yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, they need they're not like seasoned pros, but they're capable of doing good work. So yeah. they need to be they need to be handled a little bit more. And and that was something that Coscarelli couldn't do on three, but it seemed like he was able to do better on four. And now yeah. we have a guy who's not a feature film director. Uh yeah, exactly. In the in the a, a, lo- a lot of their line delivery, hey, and this is this is a pro tip. <laughs> from one of the best in the biz from one of the best in the biz try to get it so your characters sound like they're actually talking to each other not just <laughs> reciting lines you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what they sound like they're not actually talking to each other they're not having a conversation they're saying their lines yeah, yeah. anyway I don't want to pick on this movie this movie has a good heart I think this yeah. movie does have a good heart mm-hmm. uh, so he's like Mike I've been looking for you for so long now you're here but this isn't right and Mike says, it's complicated. You have dementia, Reggie. And Reggie's like, no, this is just one of the tall man's tricks. And Mike's like, well, you know what? The doctor said I have to keep you engaged. So why don't you tell me the story from the beginning? Story's always the same, Mike. Uh, he's, then we're back in the CUDA. Back into, you know, adventure Reggie, as mm-hmm. I'll call him. There's a woman broken down on the side of the road. I guess it's the first stuff that they shot. Boy, am I glad to see you. Oh, I thought you were somebody on, I knew. Don, it's kind of a... I don't know what that's implying, but she gets Reggie and the Cuda mixed up. Did you have a thought? Is it supposed to imply that she was waiting for the nerd? That's what I've thought, too, for a second. But then, I'm like, I don't know, she seems pretty sweet and, like, kind-hearted. Yeah. I don't know. Right, but it's, it is confusing. It is confusing. So her car broke down. He's going to give her a lift to his, his house. And he convinces her that he's cool and trustworthy by saying little jokes. Puts a wraparounds on and hits the road. Um, they go up to the cabin where she lives. And she tells him she an Eastern European farmhand <laughs> named Demeter. <laughs> like yeah. Least, least ne- in, most inessential <laughs> like foreign person in a movie that's clearly played by an American. I, think yeah. I, I would assume. The guy who was probably the most regularly working actor of anyone in this whole cast is a guy named Daniel Roebuck um, who plays Demeter. And so I went back and I actually so I didn't read the book through to the end, but I did go back and watch all of the Joe Bob interstitials from when they covered Phantasm Ravager. Oh, yeah, I started uh, watching those, too. On Last Drive-In, and he talks about this a lot. You know, this is like uh, Daniel Roebuck, another big fan of the series, was, like, really excited to be included, kind of was like, hey, could I be part of this? And so, but, like, this whole thing, his character smacks so much of, like, this does not serve the story or the film. This is literally just like, hey, this guy wants to be in the movie. Can we find a thing for him to do? Yeah, we'll create an Eastern European farmhand. Uh, it's like, what Could have been fuck? her dad. You know, it doesn't have to be. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the sun's setting. Reggie pulls out his guitar, starts playing it. Um, and apparently he'd been telling her his this whole insane mm-hmm. fucking story. 
which I would have just kept to myself if this like lovely woman picked me up. I picked her up <laughs> off the side of the road and you don't want to appear like a creep. I wouldn't tell her this crazy yeah. story when he clearly wants to get laid. So it's, yeah. again, it's like I'm not advocating lying to people yeah, right, right, right. in an attempt to have sex with them. But, you know, everybody knows that you have to exercise some degree of discretion when it comes to disclosing everything about yourself and your beliefs. Uh, you know, Reggie should know better at this advanced age. Yeah, he really should. Uh, so she's going to hit the sack and he starts like putting his classic Reggie moves on her. I didn't write him down, but it was just very much like, Hey, you know, I've been thinking that, uh, been on the road a long time. It's been hard. And, uh, it's been real hard on the road. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like. It is very funny because they are they are moves that would have maybe worked a little bit of the time when they were fresh in like 1980. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and they have aged about as well as Bill Thornberry. Sorry, Bill. I'm sorry. That was mean. That was mean. Uh, I will look like that when I am 60, I'm sure. Uh, probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look like shit when I'm 60. It's, that's that's the, a total given. Yeah. Um, so she uh, she rejects him, and he pivots, and he's like, "Oh, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna write you a song. I'm gonna write a song about you." <laughs> and that that still doesn't work. She's like, "All right, good night, Reggie. Hope you find what you're looking for, or it finds you." Wow, man. I sure hope not. She gets into bed, and <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> I thought it was very funny that he's staying at her house in mm-hmm. like in her cabin. Yeah. She goes to bed. Like I'm gonna hit the hay. And he's just like playing guitar and singing full blast in the living room. <laughs> it's like what a shitty house guest. <laughs> yeah, totally shitty house guest. Yeah. And he's playing the song from uh from the first movie. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but like like that. You know the one that he I, and Jody play. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it has a name. It's just a jam they do, but I did not notice that. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure. I didn't I didn't A B it, but uh, that sounded familiar to me. Okay. So uh, he's like writing, he's like making up a song as he goes along, and suddenly he can't remember her name, uh, which is Dawn right now. Dawn. Do you think this and was a dementia thing? I think so. Yeah, okay. I think so. I think this is like, yeah, a little uh, hint of the dementia. Mm-hmm. So eventually she comes downstairs because she's like, well, you know what? I will fuck this old guy, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and he's asleep. He's snoring, <laughs> which I thought was funny. <laughs> and so she just co- covers him up and goes to bed. And uh oh. There's a there's a, uh, a a sphere outside and it floats into the room. It kind of like floats at Reggie. And meanwhile, Reggie has a dream. And this time he's in a hospital, but I think it's a past. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's a hospital from the the rest of the movie. It must be. It must be. It is supposed to be, but it is the same. Oh, no, set it's for the, sure. But but it is in the past because they're all is, old yeah. timey. It's all old time. Yeah, there's an old um, wheelchair. There's an old wheelchair in the room, so you know it's old. Right, exactly. And uh, he's in a hospital bed, and next to him is Jebediah, Angus Scrim. You think he's a tall man, but he's not. It's, it's Jebediah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Reggie looks at him. He's like, you. He's like, do I know you? And you can tell he's Jebediah because he's like speaking all kindly. Yeah. I've been here such a long time. I'm afraid this body of mine is almost finished. I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings but I believe they bring us here to die. Kind of like a very prescient 
uh, final scene for Angus to shoot. Yeah. And like, this is one of the handful of, I think, I mean, again, he's, he's a, a real heavyweight amongst the cast members, but also it's like, these are good lines. You know? Yeah, they are. Yep. Yeah. And he delivers them well. He, he does a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly, like, kind of Reggie looks down and he sees that Jebediah is like connected by the hand to the lady in Lavender, the actual yeah. played portrayed by the actual. Yeah. Kathy Lester, Cat Lester yeah. now. Yeah. And she says, you'll never be safe. I'm always watching you. Or he says it through her voice, her mouth. And then present day Reggie wakes up in the hospital. He like snap. Oh, there's a lot of these. So he like snaps awake in the mm-hmm. hospital, but also he snaps awake in the, in the cabin in that adventure. Reggie right. is in the cabin and it's morning now. A lot of Afghans in this young woman's house. <laughs> like a lot of almost, Afghan rugs. Like, almost seems like something that uh, Reggie and Gigi Bannister might. Yeah, almost something like two sixty something year olds would have <laughs> in their mountain res- mountain house. <laughs> wow, it's early. It's like the crack of Dawn. Her name is Dawn. <laughs> he calls like up to Dawn. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? I'm going to make on. you say it. No, no, no. It's like, you stop it, down. It's early. It's like the crack of the ass of the girl whose house I'm staying in, whose name I can't remember. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. You're disgusting. Anyways, I'm sorry. So. I tried to move. No. No. We're not, do not doing that anymore. Tug truck is fine. Tug truck is fun. <laughs> I wonder if somebody must have like a little pink sock tattooed on them, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. That'd be a funny tattoo. <laughs> I'm not into that stuff, but that'd be funny mm-hmm. if I was. That's maybe uh, something I would get if I was a total dirtbag. Sure. Just if FYI. I was a total... uh, tugtruck.com looks like 12 bucks to buy the domain. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I mean, that's. Should probably buy this before this episode posts tomorrow. <laughs> We're gonna lose that. On and then, it too. but then the problem is we have to fill it with content. Yeah, you uh, have I mean, to. You have to. <laughs> you got this website. You got you to fill it with content. That's right. Well, anyway, he calls up to Don. Uh, there's no response, and starts hearing these like strange noises. Also, I was like, I wouldn't just. As a house guest, like, oh shit, it's really early. Hey, are you up up there? Like, just like yelling. Let <laughs> her sleep, you asshole. She, she was up all night because you were jamming on the guitar. <laughs> um, so uh, he like walks into her bedroom and Don's being drilled and killed in bed. The sentinel detaches itself from her and flies at Reggie. He, sl- he like slams a door on it, like pops through the door. Uh, Reggie runs out to the Cuda, loads up on his weapons, a shitload of weapons, including nunchucks and like, uh, like a, a, a tactical katana or something. Yeah. And there's also one of those, uh, grenades that they would like throw at tanks and yeah, you know, like, a has, claim, like, the handle like a claymore or something. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, no, yeah. no. The claymore is claymore is you are mines, right? Oh, These I'm the, sorry. Yeah. But like, this yeah. is like the thing that has a handle. Yeah. And like a can at the end, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 That one. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Claim where is our minds. <laughs> I don't know how he gets all this shit. Uh, he's absolutely armed to the teeth. 
the ball flies at him. Reggie shoots it, which, you know, that classic weightless. Mm-hmm. It looks bad. Yeah. He, he ends up hiding in a barn. And in there is Demeter, who's ready to brain him with an axe. And he thinks, like, Reggie's robbing the place or something. Rightfully so. Then all of a sudden we hear a horse whinnying. Reggie looks to the crack and, oh, shit. The horse is getting sentinelled, getting brain sucked. <laughs> this is. This is around the time you're like, uh oh. <laughs> this is this is a fun idea. Could have been mm-hmm. a fun sequence, especially in like 1985, if Don Coscarelli, fresh off Beastmaster, is trying yeah, to yeah, figure yeah. out how to really make this look real. But instead, we get a horse who's trained to fall down and roll over. And then, like, all these crazy filters to, like, like hide the bad special yeah, effects. Yeah, to, like, obscure and, it, yeah. Yeah, and, and fake. There's nothing that wor- looks worse in this movie, maybe, than the fake pooling of CGI blood. Yep. Where it's just like, okay, I get there are things you can and can't do, but it's like, maybe we could have gotten some real fake, some real fake blood on the ground, you know? Yeah. Yep. I uh, agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like something I feel self-conscious about in Yeti is how much mm-hmm. CGI blood we have, but really it was, we just did not have time to, yeah. to go back and to like mm-hmm. use fake blood for some of the stuff. Sure. Um, anyway, I think our stuff looked better to be honest. Yeah. So yeah. Deme- and again, Demeter freaks out. Oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, Demeter freaks out and like opens a door. He lets a sphere in. He tries to hit with his ax. Reggie gets his gun off the ground um, and Demeter like wax. He whacks the sphere with his ax. The sphere mm-hmm. goes flying, bounces off of Reggie's gun and then gets like flung back into Demeter. It gets stuck right in his neck. And I'll tell you what, Demeter is a real squirter. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of blood, a lot of blood, arterial spray. Yeah. He's a painter. He's the Peter North of uh, Phantasm Kids. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <clears throat> I'm tired. Did I mention that? <laughs> <laughs> what I like is that when you're tired, I guess what that means is yeah. that you do more and more like sort of violent fantasy. Uh, <laughs> violent you know, fantasy. Visualization. <clears throat> you and your, your, your Ron Goldman and your... Spraying blood everywhere. Are you really a fucking? Are you? Are you a sociopath? <laughs> no. That's how dare you, sir? I'm just a creative man <laughs> who's pushed to my limit. <laughs> At the breaking point, this just doesn't get um, any respect. No, I'm gonna show them all. I'm gonna show them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I have you more. I have you pegged as less of an OJ Simpson, more of a Michael Douglas and falling down. <laughs> it's because like, I have glasses. That's not the only reason. You give great. <laughs> you give great head too. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Reggie and Mike are now. It's like hospital. Reggie, you gotta listen to me, Mike. There's a threat. Have you seen it? The grave robbing guy from another dimension. He seems like a pretty potent adversary. Oof. Bad line, bad line reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, I wrote at this point, too, like, God, this score is cloying. Mm-hmm. It is, like, 
loud. Maybe some of these things should have been played dry, but maybe that would have highlighted some of the shortcomings. The sound isn't good. There's bad yeah. sound recording in this movie. There's a lot of damned if you do, damned if you don't stuff, which again, like all I, all I will say is at the budget they're operating on, your hands are tied on a lot of this stuff, but it's not great. Yeah. Um, so Mike starts talking to Reggie about like parallel dimensions and <clears throat> something called membrane theory, which is like <laughs> yeah. portals where you could, where the, these dimensions are against each other, where it's mm-hmm. like thin and you can, it's like, like Stephen King dark tower shit. Yeah. Um, it is. yeah. Which I mean, this essentially just sets up the rest of the movie uh, in Anyway, Re- Reggie gets mad because Mike isn't listening, and, Ma- and Ma- uh, Matt, Mike is like, "Don't get agitated." And I like this dementia stuff um, because, uh, sorry, <laughs> Eric just forgot where he was. <laughs> no, a, a separate person, Dave Page, just uh-huh. texted me and said that was loud, and I, and he lives like fifteen minutes from me. I don't I don't know if he's t- what he was talking about. What was uh, it? it- I don't the, that explosion that we heard. Okay, so that wasn't like down the street from you. That was something else entirely. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm seeing if he was is talking about that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> he said opening the thin mint wrapper just now. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, this is great. Um, we're talking about this massive explosion. Sorry, guys. This is all great. <laughs> Okay, so he's getting agitated. I like that um, this, like, you know, re- people with dementia do get agitated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they get angry because people don't understand them and, and like, mm-hmm. can't express themselves. And Right. So, like, Reggie's doing some good work in these hospital scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so then we're back to the woods, Reggie. He's wandering around, and suddenly there's this giant sphere hovering above him and a space gate in front of him. Yeah. I like the look of these spheres. The giant the, spheres are cool. The giant spheres starting now and throughout the rest of the film, I think, look as good as any other digital effect in the movie. Yeah. Um, and so then uh, Reggie's back in his wheelchair with Mike. And. Um, what did um, Dave said? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, he just laughed. Uh Cool. He doesn't. He's like Mike. I don't want to die here. Do I want to go out on my feet, shoving those four barrels of fucking hell down their goddamn throats? And he turns, and suddenly Mike's gone, and we hear this humming sound. And Reggie gets up, and there's a space gate on the lawn of the hospital. Mm-hmm. So he reaches up to touch it, like touch the prongs, like he does in the first movie, and it flashes to him in the uh, in the woods doing the same thing. And then both Reggies step through the gates at the same time. And this is sort of like the Mulholland Drive blue box moment of the movie in a way. <laughs> it truly is. Yeah. <clears throat> so then Woods Reggie emerges into a horrible CGI white room with a really bad computer zoom to an awkward looking tall man. Obviously put in there with After Effects. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it is like devoid of any tangible space. Yeah. It's all 100% computer. It looks mm-hmm. so weird. Yeah. 
<clears throat> the tall man's standing there perfectly still, and Reggie approaches him, and he snaps to attention. Our paths cross again. Where the hell is this? Not where. When? And he describes it as like three days before the funeral from the first movie, and uh, before all the events were set mm-hmm. in motion. And basically, they start, they start talking about like Reggie's dead family. He's like, I right. could bring them back to you if you'd like. Mm-hmm. That, this is the moment, right? He's like, yeah. Uh, when, when the time comes, they don't die. They come to me. I could return them to you if you're so inclined, but I require something in exchange. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say that this is a piece of, of a compelling plot element. Like, if they yeah. were to use this, and, and this was, like, what, what you'll realize if you haven't watched this movie is that this moment will come and go, and then it'll be meaningless. Yeah, and totally. so many other insane things will happen that make no fucking sense. But it's like, yeah, this should have been it. It should have been Reggie in a hospital. And then yeah. it's like, yeah, the tall man really is fucking with him. And it's like, hey, you know, we'll bring your I'll bring your wife and family back if you turn on Mike. And he's like, no, Mike's my you know, he's my brother. I'm not going to do that. That should be the meat of the movie. And unfortunately, it's not. Or what about this? What about at the very end of the movie? They're in this white room and Reggie's Mm -hmm. wife and daughter are there. Like, yeah, looking young like they did when they died. Right, Reggie, it's you. Oh, honey, I'm so glad to see you. And then they walk into a fucking, you know, mm-hmm. the bright light, and then Reggie's on his deathbed. Boo, you know, like sure. some sort yeah. of like emotional reuniting with his family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's it's a yeah. completely squandered. I didn't even think about that until you just brought it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so um, Reggie wants Mike back, and the tall man's like, "He's mine always." Then the music swells. Reggie goes back through the gate, and he's suddenly in the mausoleum. I think the, probably the same mausoleum from uh, three and four. <clears throat> Looks yeah, similar. It does. There's a lurker running around in there, so Reggie pulls out a submachine gun, <laughs> <laughs> and the lady in lavender like floats behind Reggie without him noticing, which is cool. That's like a kind of yeah. like, creepy moment. It was. Yeah. Um, Reggie hears a noise and starts firing off CGI bullets. Um, and then the lady in lavender floats up to him and it's cool. She's like dragging her toe against the ground and it's sparking mm-hmm. and she looks good. I'll say she aged pretty well. She looks like a hot OC mom, <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like a mother's friend that you're meeting for brunch yeah. or something. Yeah. If you can get past the fact that she's an anti-vaxxer, then she is good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My note was my, I wrote like, she looks pretty good in OC friends, mom kind of way and help. My head is stuck in the oven. <laughs> Where's, oh, oh, Joey's not here, but my head's stuck in this oven. (laughs) My brain is broken. That's for a specific part of our audience. There's going to be, there's going to be the people in the audience who get it. And the other one's like, is that some sort of uh, oblique uh, Sylvia Plath reference? (laughs) (laughs) Same people who know what a pink sock is know what that is. Uh, Yeah. Um, So... We flash back to her stabbing him from the first movie. And then she goes demonic on him. Like her face gets all monstrous. And he pops her in the head with his gun. Yellow blood comes out. And then the, like, the, see, the blood that comes out of her head in the gunshot is CGI. It looks stupid. Yeah. But then the blood that is like pooled on the ground around mm-hmm. her looks disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a bloody piss sample or something. Like it's gross. <laughs> 
I, I'll say it looks gross, but I also immediately objected because, like, in the earlier movies, the yellow goo, which isn't really even blood, it's more like goo that comes out of people, is very clearly, like, it's it's opaque, it's, like, probably it's banana pudding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gas yeah. is what yeah. it is. <laughs> That's so funny. When you were here in person... Uh-huh. Um, one of my ideas for a final segment was that I was going to make you taste test a bunch of yellow things. <laughs> and one of them was going to be like banana pudding and mustard and stuff. And I was like, no, but he'll just smell it before. <laughs> I, that would have been fun, though. Um, yeah, I think it's like jello pudding, not like good banana pudding with like Nilla wafers, you know, like the hot, the hot yellow stuff. But anyways... Right. This stuff is like, it's just a totally different thing. And it's like, it's a cool fake blood goop kind of thing. But it's also like, I don't know if Coscarelli's around and all these people and like Reggie Bannister's there. And this guy Hartman is like a diehard fan of the series. It's like, where's the person in, in all of this crowd who's going like, no, that should look different. That should look like the blood yeah, from should the look first like movie. The rest of the you movies. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really get I agree. that. I agree. Um, so suddenly he sees that the hall of the mausoleums like being swallowed by like blackness. Um, and suddenly he's, he's like in a cave interior. So he's walking through the cave. There are lurkers crawling all around. Um, one pops up and like Reggie guns him down. And then the roof of the cave collapses, revealing that he's there with the tall man and they're kind of just floating in this big rock in like open mm-hmm. space, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, this is a trend that started with the white room continues here. And then you'll just have more and more shots like this that take place in nowhere land where it's just like, again, you said like after effects, it's basically just like, there's a composite shot of Reggie and a composite shot of the tall man plopped into a pretty loose, like roughly rendered imaginary world. And it does not look great. Did you play DNC or DMC Devil May Cry, like the newer one? No. Okay. It looks like it looks like a level in that, honestly. <laughs> okay. Um <clears throat> and so uh uh the tall man's like, have you considered my offer? Yeah, go back to hell. Yours or mine? I like that line. Sure. Reggie tries to shoot him, of course the bullets don't do anything. Um and then uh he, so Reggie's like, I'll get out of your way if you give me back Mike and Jody. And the tall man's like, why are you so obsessed with those guys? And he's like, it's called loyalty. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't write down everything that, that was said between the two. But sure. the tall man says that Reggie isn't even real. And he's he's the tall man's bad dream or something like that. Something along those lines. I I thought that was that was just a figure of speech. But I don't know. Maybe. That's... No, yeah. I didn't literally yeah. think that that's what. Yeah. But that's right. What yes. It's something like that. Yeah. So then Reggie wakes up and he's strapped to the table in the tall man's lab. Um, there, there's like spheres like bouncing around in a tank. And he hears footsteps and a little person in a gas mask comes in and you think he's a lurker. But no, no, no. This is Chunk. This is how we meet <laughs> Chunk. He's there to cut Reggie free and he's not alone. The person pulls off their, uh, their mask and it's Dawn. Only it's not Dawn. Her name's Jane now. And, and don't then, uh, worry, Reggie's- everybody. Eventually, you'll find out why uh, it's the same and, and, and that Reggie thinks that she's Dawn, but she's actually Jane. This will 
definitely be yeah, clearly it'll resolved. definitely pay off. Yeah. Yeah. I got scared for a second because it's like, oh shit, did I miss something? <laughs> um, no, it doesn't so, get resolved. It's a total. Reggie's mystery. like, hey, we've met before. Remember, I, I, I sang that song about you. Then he like sings the song. It's like, and I felt bad for him during this yeah, part. I feel bad for everyone. Yeah. Um. So they're gonna take Reggie back to their camp. He's been hooked up to this machine, basically like Matrix style. Like yeah. it's like jacking into his brain and he's the tall man's using it to extract the info he needs out of Reggie's brain. And this so is why I through. thought there were three Reggies, because it's like, isn't adventure Reggie? Yeah. Like was part like of what his of... imagination is doing in this is now apocalyptic Reggie. Right. I think you're right. I think you're right. And then, but then it's never clear if hospital Reggie is actually real Reggie or not. Right. right? That's like never really resolved. Right. No, not really. No, it's okay. pretty ambiguous. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you that the, um, this is a third Reggie at this okay. point. Or it's like in the way that like Keanu Reeves, when he's out of the matrix, he's not right. a new person, but he's, you know, right. It's a different Yeah, so timeline, imagine the Matrix, but uh-huh. there is a there is a parallel storyline in the Matrix where Keanu Reeves actually has dementia and he's imagining all the events of the film The Matrix. Yeah, both yeah. within and out of the Matrix. That's the, yeah, exactly. that, that is the par- that would be the analogous scenario. And yeah. so it's like Adventure Reggie who meets Dawn and Demeter, he's he is Mr. Anderson inside the Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) And then this guy who just met fake Don Jane and Chunk, he is Neo outside with Lawrence Fishburne and he's got holes in him and he's on a shitty ship, right? Uh, Mike Mike is the uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Um, Don is the, what's her name? The the, um, Trinity? Trinity, Don's yeah. Trinity. Yeah. Chunk might be it's a Joe Pantoliano. <laughs> or Joe Pantoliano. Yeah, yeah. And the but, tall man is is Agent um uh, yeah, Agent, Smith. Agent Smith. Yeah, exactly. Great. Hmm. And then and then the, and then also maybe it's all a figment of his imagination because he has dementia. Right. All right. Glad we cleared Reggie. this up. I'm just picturing Reggie like dodging bullets. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I can picture it really easily. Whoa, yeah, I can too. He's holding a guitar while he does it, so he's like holding the guitar <laughs> out stretched with his hands up over his shoulder as he's leaning back. Yeah, I oh, love it. Um, so they're walking through some dark hallway. Suddenly, a light comes on behind him, and Reggie goes to investigate. Inside, there's this charred corpse on a gurney, its eyes pop open. Reggie screams, a graver jumps on his back. But uh, Chunk comes to the rescue. Hold still, Grandpa. Chunk's really mean to Reggie for some reason. Yes. Uh, he shoots it, and about the worst CGI headshot of all time occurs. The head just like explodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chunk's convinced to give Reggie a gun. Uh, they run into some more of their own kind. The scavengers. I don't know if they're like. I don't know. I call them rebels. Eventually. Sure. Uh, and the leader. You know. You know who the leader is. Oh, baby, it's Mike. Hell yeah. <laughs> Looking like the action star he was born to be. <laughs> Finally putting that ponytail to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they hug. Reggie's like, hey, it's been, a, a, it's been a while. It's like, yeah, Reggie, you've been on ice for a decade. 
uh, ever since the desert, everything's different. Nothing's the same. We got a lot of catching up to do. They're about to open the door, and Reggie's like, feels good to be back home again. Thing about it, Reggie, it's not really our home anymore. It's his. Open the door. We get this apocalyptic city. Giant sentinels are floating in the sky. This, like, really kinetic tracking shot mm. through the streets of, like, people shooting lurkers. <laughs> Looks great. <laughs> it's here's the thing is it's like it really goes back to what we talked about at the beginning which is such an ambitious shot it's such an ambitious crazy shot. Yeah, yeah yeah it would it would have been enough just to like open the door see a destroyed skyline right with sentinels floating giant sentinel balls but instead it's like no we're gonna do this swooping like drone type shot that travels half a mile yeah and we see you know, lurkers and the tall man, and we see scavengers and people we, are shooting them. There's They're explosions. All like yeah, photoshopped in. It looks like yeah. completely ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> so back in the hospital uh, with hospital Reggie, we're flip. We're kind of flipping back and forth here. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, then we're back to apocalyptic Reggie in the hallway. The red sentinel. Here's the big variant of this. Sure. Uh, I guess maybe the, you could argue the giant ones. Also a variant, um, theoretically. Yeah. But it uh, it actually, speaking of variants, looks like a coronavirus. It it's, does. it's red and it pops out with spikes all around it. Mm-hmm. Flies right into one of the rebels' heads, sticks in his head, and boom, it explodes, blowing his head up. Kind of, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't look great. It's a cool idea. It's a good idea. In another movie with more time and effort put into it, it could have been, could have been real cool. Yeah. So old Reggie wakes up in his hospital bed. Mike's visiting him. The nurse is real mean for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, well, the whole tenor of everything changes, and it's all of a sudden like yeah. in the early in the early hospital scenes, there seems to be like a real attempt to make you believe that it's like, yeah, this is the real world. Mm-hmm. Like things that are happening here make sense. People behave in reasonable ways, except for Reggie, who's the crazy one. Mm -hmm. But then it's like at this point in the movie, like the tone shifts. And, and so now, and I kept expecting, it's like these nurses are going to be revealed to be like, you know, the tall man's agents. And that's why they're so mean and blah, blah. And it's, but it's like, they kind of are actually, now that I think about it, the very Mm -hmm. end. Are they? Maybe that's, maybe that's, yeah. Cause like, we'll get to it. I'll I'll point it out when we get there. Okay. Um, so Mike says, he's like, Reggie, I had a dream last night. Um, I had your, like your dream that last night, the whole story you told me about last week. And it's like, I was alone in the desert and I was looking for you. And there's this gaping yellow wound in my head. Did he actually put something in there or was it always there? I can still feel the connection to him. Let me see like Mike, like sewing up his wound Mm -hmm. in his head in a mirror. And then, I like this shot. This shot looks cool. A giant sentinel lasers a building and collapses it. Right. Um, and we get, like, the stories. Like, there was a full-blown invasion, an uh, alien invasion. Governments collapsed. Society crumbled. An alien virus that made people's heads explode, which is ribbed, cribbed right from the Roger Avery stuff. Okay. The bag, the bag flu is what it was called. Uh. It was like people's heads would explode, and the shrapnel of their skull would stick into people and infect them. So they <laughs> put just bags like pretty, over there. <laughs> kind of, kind of a cool idea. Not on that a phantasm crazy. movie, but 
That is crazy. And I'll say that I do like, like, one of the only digital things in the whole movie that I was like, I like this. And I think that this is a smart way to do cheap stuff on the cheap is, like, he uses the stock footage and just inserts a little bit. He just puts, essentially, head explosions and, like, spheres into it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the uh, that little extra layer of grit, too, helps mm-hmm. uh, yeah. on the stock footage. Um, so the rebels, they found the source of the tall man and they've been fighting him ever since a kind of a vague, <laughs> a vague, like, okay. Found the yeah. source of them, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, Reggie says like, I can't tolerate this anymore. I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. Then he steps backwards. Hospital Reggie steps backwards into the hallway. And then we're with apocalyptic Reggie. Right? Yeah. And the tall man is walking down the hallway with his like gang of lurkers engravers. This is so stupid. <laughs> this is this is like right after I had texted you. Mm-hmm. Mike pulls out a fucking bazooka <laughs> or rocket launcher and chunk. Fire in the motherfucking hole. Mike shoots the bazooka at the tall man. Blows up. It starts like burning his skin, but he's fine because he's the fucking tall man. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another problem I have with this movie. It's like, or I guess with the series, the direction the series went in general, it's like you can't beat them. There's no way to beat them. Yeah, yeah, and I think also like trying it. It there. It, there's also an issue that runs throughout as it goes on, which is like, why is he, if he's so invincible, why is he just toying with them? Yeah. And it's like, they, there needs to be some kind of counterbalance and I don't know what it should be. I don't know if there's some sort of supernatural force for good, uh, that like explains away some of this shit, but it is one of those things where the, the kind of conception of the tall man, as he continues to fight the same guys over and over, it doesn't quite work because he's too overpowered yeah and they're just guys like nothing about mike has been revealed to be exceptional and i I don't know why it's like at this point like i don't know why he's the Mm -hmm. lead like why is mike the leader of this rebellion against the tall man right what skills does he have like i I don't guess he sort of has some sort of telekinetic or tele not even telekinesis really right he can just he's just telepathic abilities in the second movie that never really get touched on much again yeah, good point. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like at least he could yeah, again, like Mike you could make Mike like a sort of uh a threat to the tall man somehow. Yeah. At least like at least like crystallize it a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's it's just kind of messy. Uh we flip back and forth between the two timelines a bit, and then finally we're in the apocalypse, and um the tall man like Mike tells Reggie the tall man's grabbed Jane. So they uh, strap on some gas masks and step through a space gate onto the red planet. It's real windy. There are giant sentinels floating around. And we hear, boy. It doesn't really look like it used to in the other other movies. And that also bugs me. I know. I know. It doesn't. Uh, There's this horrible digital zoom onto the tall man. Uh, Jane's being held by gravers. And Mike and the tall man start speaking to each other psychically. The tall man's basically like, there, there are tens of thousands of me. You can't destroy me. Um, and uh, 
Mike, you, you like he, you're the subject, and Reggie, well, every tall man deserves an amusement. Then the gold sentinel, you know, flies up towards Mike, like right in front of Mike. Mike's eyes turn gold, and then the tall man gives a signal, and the lur- the lurker who's holding Jane just snaps her neck. <clears throat> but luckily, Chunk was there amongst all the l- lurker, mm-hmm. the gra- lurkers. Lurkers, gravers, whatever. Um, and he throws off his disguise, revealing that he's wearing a vest f- strapped with grenades, pulls the pins, runs at the tall man, giant explosion. The chunk sacrificed himself, I guess, not really, to kill the tall man. There's no way that could kill the tall man. Like, oh, no. And also it's like, if anybody's going to take down the tall man, I'm glad it was Chunk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my favorite character, Chunk. <laughs> um, uh. So Mike, then Mike and Reggie go through the gate again. And then Reggie, hospital Reggie, collapses on the lawn of the hospital. He hears like Mike, he, hears, he like calls to Mike across the way on, on, in the, on the lawn. And then the fucking fabric of space and time rips open and apocalyptic Mike is on the other side, kind of like seeping into the real quote unquote real world of the hospital. And uh, this is where there are nurses who are like, hey, come back here. And a doctor who has a syringe full of like sedative trying Mm -hmm. to like get Reggie. And then (laughs) this is kind of funny. Mike tosses Reggie his quad gun. Reggie catches it, flips around. The doctors and nurses are lurkers now, are gravers suddenly. Reggie blows him away, maybe killing an actual doctor and two nurses. I don't know. (laughs) Well, right. It's all very unclear. Deliberately, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then more lurkers start coming coming out. Mike starts shooting him. Reggie starts shooting him. Suddenly, an armored battle cuda rolls up with miniguns blazing. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> Terrible muscles. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Like, uh, it's so, in, it, like, that setup would be so inaccurate, but it's very accurately shooting the, the gravers, but mm-hmm. not Mike and Jody. I'm sorry, <laughs> Mike and uh, Reggie, who are standing Mike next to them. Yeah. And then uh, I kind of blew it, but the cuda uh, pulls up. Door opens. Guess who's in the driver's seat, baby? Jody. <laughs> we got a Jody. <laughs> 64-year-old Jody. Yep. <laughs> uh, how's it hanging, Reg? A uh, little bit to the left, I guess. They get in. They drive off. <clears throat> then they're in the desert. They're all in the car. Reggie's like, it's so good to see you, Jody. Where now? And Mike's like, let's go north it's where it's really cold. That bastard hates the cold. And Reggie's like, I'm just so grateful to see both of you. And Jody's like, you know, that's a hell of a start to a trio. Oh, a hell of a way to start a trio. That line doesn't make sense, but it's a nice mm-hmm. moment where they're all in this car together. Yeah. Like, we've seen so much history between them. And then Reggie falls back, like, leans back in his seat and falls asleep. They were in the hospital room and Mike and Jody are holding Reggie's hand. 
and uh, Reggie dies. And then um, it kind of like, you know, beep. Then we're in the back of the Cuda. Um, We kind of get like, we see Reggie like as he is now in the back Mm -hmm. of the Cuda. We see like old Reggie. We see Reggie from the first movie, like a bunch of different Reggies. And then the Cuda is in the desert and it just drives along the desert highway. And we get the start of the credits, the end. Okay. So before we go to the mid credit scene. Yeah. Let's talk about this for just a second. Yeah. So like the appearance of Jody, right? Like to me, it, it, it's sort of, at least in this part of the movie, like disregarding all the apocalyptic stuff, right? Would seem to, if you're trying to be kind of logical, essentially confirm the dementia thing as being real. Because even if it was like the reality that Reggie believes in, right? Jody mm-hmm. would still be dead, right? Yeah, you're right. So the appearance of a live Jody like almost sort of implies that this has to be imaginary, right? Yeah, it has to. Yeah, right. Because in both cases, Jody is either dead or he is a sentinel, like tall man minion. Right, right. Who's also now dead. Yeah. So, so the, yeah. So, it, so I guess the movie, if we have to believe like one of the, the things, because then the other thing is not to spoil the mid credit scene, but then the mid credit scene is going to combine you know, Jody, Mike, Reggie, their trio with the apocalyptic like time. Like, mm-hmm. and I get there's like, I guess it's just multi. Like, are we supposed to just come away from this being like, it's multiple dimensions in some dimensions. Jody's dead in other dimensions. He's alive. There are you know, many I, Reggie's. I think know? so. And I think that's why they have like the, um, the membrane theory stuff mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Which is like not the most satisfying, uh, ending. Right. Kind of want an answer. But I mean, the thing is, like, there are other Phantasm movies. In fact, almost all of them have no real answers at the end. But it's kind of like they're all pretty, um, again, they're more focused in the, like, confusion or, like, the lack of clarity where it's just like, wait, is he alive or dead? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is like, hold on. Fuck, wait, what? And it's like, I need to, like, sit down and, like, talk about this forever and there's no possible satisfying answer to any of it you know no all right anyways credits Uh, roll credits roll sorry um and then we're we see a space gate in the middle of the desert and a charred chunk falls through oh chunks alive he survived having a fucking suicide vest detonate on him yeah Mm -hmm. he did lose his hand yeah. So there is that. Um, and then somebody steps up to him and sticks a gun in his face. Who is it? Hey, it's Rocky. What's up, Rocky? What's up, Rocky? She looks great. She does, yeah. Um, Rocky, thanks for waiting around for me. Um, he's really unfazed by his hand. And he's <laughs> even like, you know, the best thing about a grenade? It... it severs and cauterizes the wound. It's like, mm, I don't think that's how grenades work. Really, it's just <laughs> shrapnel that blasts at you. Yeah, yeah. Punctures you. Anyway. <laughs> um, so he's like, hey, could, uh, could, you, could you lend me a hand here? Like, he wants a piggyback ride. 
<laughs> and he goes to get on her back and he just straight up grabs her tit with his yeah. one good hand. Rocky continues to be the most sexually harassed. Sexually. <laughs> yeah. Member of the cast of the entire series. Yeah, that's really fucking weird. So then uh, later she bandages his hands up, his hand up. She's like, so, Rock, you, uh, you and me, any chance? She's like, well, you are the only man I see here. So I guess, I don't know, let's, I guess so. Then the riot arrives. And it's the, uh, it's the Cuda with the boys. They drive off towards the city with giant sentinels floating in the sky. Yeah. And I will say I was frustrated because even in a fan service way, there's still like it. There should be a moment of recognition where Reggie's like, holy shit, it's Rocky. But instead, yeah. it's just like, there's nothing. <laughs> well, also because, you know, well, he does say something at times. Yeah, yeah. He does yeah. say something. I can't remember what, but he's like, he does like react in some way, but I don't think it's. But he reacts very generally. He's like, what the heck? Or like, yeah, it's like yeah, some exactly. shit like that. You Rocky, know? you remember me? Like, yeah, yeah, nothing. No, he doesn't say her name. No. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to blow it, but there's a wonderful rap song that I think we're going to drop at the end of this episode. Or maybe, uh, maybe not even the end, maybe right after this uh, segment. Oh, that's a great call. Uh, yeah. And does, I think this is what the line is. I, uh-huh. I wrote it down as I was listening to it. Reggie loves the ladies, then they go. One minute they're here. Oh, no. What? Fuck, I wrote it down wrong. Oh, damn it. Anyway, you'll listen. But it's, oh, I, it's funny because I was like, is this going to summarize the plot of the movie? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, it does. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for a body count, we got the guy who stole Reggie's car. Uh, the guy behind the house, I guess. Uh, Don, a horse. Demeter. Uh, the lady in lavender. The dude killed by the red sentinel. Uh, the guy whose head exploded oh, the, from the bag flu or whatever they call mm-hmm. it. And then Jane. Um, I guess you know, the tall man doesn't really count. And all the like various gravers yeah, and Yeah, don't lurkers. we see him later on with like his face burnt? Because there's like thousands of That's after the bazooka is. Okay. Yeah. Got it. But it's like he didn't even die. No. So uh Mike, what would you say was your favorite death of the movie? Um oof. Well, since there is almost no I don't think there's a single not CGI assisted death in this movie other than one that I can think of. And it's probably the most impactful. So I'm going to go with Reggie succumbing to dementia and um, passing away. That is a great, a great, uh, yeah, I didn't include Reggie. Reggie's in there. Um, that's a great call. I didn't even consider it. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the one that I think is the most practical okay. of the effects. I uh, sort of implied it earlier. I love a, <laughs> I love a squirter. Uh, Demeter. <laughs> My boy Demeter. Sure. That was, that's yeah. a, kind of the, the best death in the movie, I would say. Probably. Okay. Like, at least in a horror movie, like a, in a traditionally horror way. Right, right. You know. Yeah. It's not great, though. Anyway. Uh, so this movie is only a few years old. There's stuff in here that surely doesn't hold up. <laughs> Even a few years later. Um, I'll kick this one off. 
Okay. Uh, I think for me, the thing that really bugged me when it happened was a chunk sexually assaulting Rocky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was unpleasant. It's so stupid. It yeah. is so unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, inappropriate touching for uh, a joke, for a punchline. It was too late, even in whatever it was shot, 2012, 2015. And I, I know that, like, Coscarelli was like, you know, our idea was that maybe if we did more of these, Rocky and Chunk would be the heroes. Mm. Mm. And I, the Chunk sucks. I don't want to see <laughs> Chunk do anything. <laughs> Chunks. So what say you? <laughs> uh what what age the worst? Oh Christ. I mean Bill Thornberry. <laughs> you're, you're such an ass. You're such a bitch, Mike. I'm such a bitch. I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. Uh I didn't write the, I didn't write down our normal end to wrap up, so if, forgive mm. me if I skip something. Correct me if I do. Yeah. Um, this movie isn't that scary. We here at Kill Street <laughs> like to rate how scary these movies are on a scale of one to ten. Yeah, did I yeah. miss something? No, I, you just said this movie isn't that scary. I said, yeah, you think? Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you say maybe this is the least scary out of the all all of the Phantasm movies we've watched? Certainly, out of the Phantasm movies, without question. Um, I think there's a handful of movies we've ever watched that are less scary than this. Um, yeah. I think most of them star the ginger dead man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this movie did have some ginger dead man vibes as far as yeah. like the CG goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, would, this is a two for me. A two. Okay, yeah. I was going to go a three. Okay. Um, yeah, let's, let's say a 2.5. That works. Yeah, that's fine. Let's, let's uh, lock yeah, it I mean, in. Uh, depending on how scared you are of dementia, which if you've ever experienced it with a loved one, it is horrifying. It um, is. And that's like, there is a good horror movie that could be written about dementia. Yeah. This isn't it. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say something, this just before I forget, because we're about to get out of this talking about this movie. But I mean, the perhaps the most clever thing about this whole film that never really, that doesn't fully get delivered on the title is great. Ravager. Ravager yeah. Yeah. As, uh, uh, yeah. As, as uh, the idea of, of, of dementia uh, ravaging the mind and the memory is. Yeah, it's, totally. Yeah. No, that, it is a great title. Yeah. It is the title that like as uh, watching through the series the first time, it's like, fuck Ravager sounds cool. It's just a cool yeah. word too. Yeah, it is. Um. <sighs> all right. Then finally, Mary fuck kill. What are we going to give this bad boy? Why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, I spent plenty of time bad-mouthing this movie over the course of this episode, so yeah. I will just end by saying that it's still more impressive than anything I've ever done in my career, um, and I respect everybody who worked on it. It is not easy to do things like this, and I think that uh, everyone involved, and especially, you know, I think the person who's taken the most shit over the course of this episode is probably the director, David Hartman. And I think he deserves a pat on the back and he should be proud for bringing this into existence. And yeah, uh, it's, it's a cool thing that it even happened and it has a, a handful of things that I remembered loving the first time I watched it. And I still enjoyed this time. Um, and yeah, so all in all, like, yeah, making a great movie is one of the hardest things 
that a per- that 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 you can do and and this is not a great movie unfortunately this is a kill for me yeah. um it just i i think i would think of more fondly on the phantasm series if four was the last one we had yeah. um and so for that reason it is a kill uh yeah yeah to you eric um i'll keep it brief because we did talk at length about this i do agree with you that like hey he should be proud that he made this movie that it got made, it got do- it was done. It had everybody involved. That's so impressive. <clears throat> the movie has a lot of heart. It loves the series, mm-hmm. uh, and I love the series too. Turns out, Phantasm is a dark horse series that I never really thought much about until we started right. doing this, and I really have a lot of affection for this. Yeah, and then so I think in that regard, because of I have so much affection for it, I didn't want to see Phantasm go out like this. Uh, so I do applaud the effort. But at the end of the day, it is also a kill for me. Uh, And I hate that I was so overly negative about this movie. There is stuff to like. There is stuff to like. But, yeah, I don't know. I I just can't bring myself to to recommend it at all. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And then we have a special end segment lined up. Okay, we're back. Mike, you want to tell our lovely listeners what we're about to do? Sure. Well, it's been a long time, folks. Sort of like the long time in between 1998's Phantasm IV Oblivion. And, <laughs> was it 2016? 2017? Yeah. 2018? I don't know. 2016's Phantasm Ravager. But you know it. You love it. You, it, 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 it can't be killed. It's colon exam. <laughs> it's the tall man of the kill streak. Uh, <laughs> That's lore. right. Is it too powerful? <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. But it'll keep coming back. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, one of honestly, like one of the foundational end segment games of uh, uh, the the long run of kill streak. <laughs> Have we reached our one year anniversary? Oh, way. that's a great question. Let me check while you tell me. Yeah, them, you uh, check on that while do. I explain colon exam. So Phantasm colon Ravager is one of uh, a long line of horror sequels uh, with a colon in the title. And we devised this game 
years ago, or at least year ago, um, where Eric and I are going to go back and forth, and each of us has concocted three challenges, if you will, three rounds, three questions. I'm going to start, and I'm going to give Eric a, a franchise. I'm going to tell him the year this movie came out, and I'm going to say, okay, so let's say it's Halloween, right? You know, so there's a new Halloween sequel right around the bend. Um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it has uh, a colon in the title. I'm double-checking right now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, while you called- do that, I'll, I'll, I'll say oh. that uh, May 25th is our will be our one-year anniversary. So it's May coming up. May 25th. So this is going to come out on May 10th. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll just miss it two weeks from now. So we'll have to celebrate six days after. That sucks. Um, mm-hmm. That's okay. We'll be fine. And I was wrong. It's called Halloween Kills, but there is uh, there is no uh, colon. But you know, it does have a colon. 2002 is Halloween Resurrection. So Halloween colon Resurrection. I'd say, hey Eric, uh, 2002 uh, Halloween. It's the seventh. Uh, you know. In the series, is the is the subtitle of this film? Is it resurrection or is it um, erection? I don't know. Something like uh, as Eric would say. Um, <laughs> as Eric would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perv. Um, Jeez, so, anyways, please. and then Eric has to guess. Oh, which one's the right one? And if he gets it, he gets a point. And then whoever has the most points at the end wins. Uh, it's usually a lot of fun. Uh, it's a game uh, of diminishing returns uh, as we use up all of the funniest uh, subtitled horror movie uh, <laughs> horror movies uh, over the course of. It's part of the reason why we maybe put colon exam uh, in the freezer for yeah. for a few months, and we didn't want to burn I, through. I, I all found of a the new batch, stuff. so I, I'm, did you? I'm hot and good to go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exciting. I mean, I certainly found enough to get through uh, this week's edition so without further ado shall we commence with the colon exam all right uh so here is my first one for you monsieur gosselin we have 2018 and here's uh perhaps coincidence perhaps not i i decided i i wanted to make things a little more accessible for you this time around okay Uh, I mean, I know that, you know, I don't know if the uh, if the Killstreak wiki has all the numbers up to date, but, you know, when we go head to head and end segments, uh, sometimes it can be a little rough for Eric. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, like I, I want to keep things a little more current, a little more, uh, you know, a series that you'd be familiar with. I just wanted to handicap it to make it easier for you. Oh, okay. thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh <laughs> That's why I did this. It's not because I got to the Wikipedia horror movies from 2018 page and just never moved off that one. So anyways, <laughs> all three of these series are from, from the 2018. year 2018. All right. The, these, these, and the first one, a very, very long running series, Children of the Corn, mm. the ninth installment of Children of the Corn was released in 2018. And I ask you, Eric... Is the title of this film Children of the Corn, colon, Runaway, or Children of the Corn, colon, Day of Reckoning? Um, 
I feel like Day of Reckoning is such an overused uh, colon, such an mm. overused subtitle mm-hmm. that it, it almost has to be that one because mm. I think you would have been more creative in mm. coming up with uh, a, a title. So I'm going to okay. go with Day of Reckoning. You outfoxed yourself. Fuck! It's Runaway, but I'll tell you what. I mean, you fell directly into my trap. That was precisely the line of logic that you just laid out <laughs> was the gambit that I conceived when I wrote sure. this clip. God yeah, damn it. So. Your regular jigsaw over here. <laughs> okay. So mine, uh, my first one is a rare pre-colon. This okay. is uh, this, the, the, uh, Wait, the, so the, the movie so- title the- starts with a colon. <laughs> But it's, <laughs> but the the uh, I don't know how to describe it. The subtitle uh-huh. is first. So okay. is it is the uh, the the series? It's also from nineteen, oh, Jesus Christ, twenty eighteen. <laughs> okay. Coincidentally enough, uh-huh. the series is the Death Scort series. Are you familiar Death at all? <laughs> no, Death never Scort. heard of it. Is that like Death Scort service. I'm sorry, Death Scort okay. service. Okay, that's more. So evocative. is it? Yeah, exactly. Is it Girl Fiend Experience, colon, Death Scort Service Part 3, or is it Taste Me, colon, Death Scort Service Part 3? Oh, no. Taste Me? Uh, I mean, so, if, yeah, this is, I feel like this is a, a whale I keep returning to, but I may be more of a jigsaw, but you are a master title writer. Uh, that's something we already <laughs> know from the history of, of colon exam. And I think I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I don't care if Girl Fiend Experience is the right one or not, but it's the best one. Uh, it deserves to be picked, and so I have to go with that. Well, once again, I outfoxed myself, and I made the title too good. <laughs> You're correct. Girl Fiend Experience, Death Scort Service Part 3 is the fake movie. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what's the shitty actual title? Taste Me? Taste Me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're just too, you're too good of a writer. What can, I, what can we say? <laughs> Uh okay. We're, we're Next po- I'm sorry. We're pointing out the fake one, right? Or the real um, one? Well, I guess normally we would pick the real one. In that case, you I the sort one. of I picked the fake one because I wanted to give you credit for Great. writing. Yeah, yeah okay. girl fiend experience. Cool. I just want to. I'll, I'll do it the right way this time, just to make sure. I mean, you were doing it my, the right way. I feel like I did it the wrong way. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, my brain is mush right now, so I just okay, cool. momentarily got Reggie dementia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, The next one, this is a pretty big movie and arguably uh, as much of a children's film as a horror film, but I think it qualifies. Um, 2018 also saw the release of a not nearly as beloved sequel to Goosebumps. Oh. Uh, You know, the Jack Black star, and I think he only briefly appears in this one. Uh, I haven't seen it. I'm not going to. I saw the first one. It was all right. But anyways... 2018's Goosebumps 2, colon, is it Slappy's Revenge or Haunted Halloween? Fuck, man. Oh, I hate you so much. (laughs) 
right. I want to say it's Haunted Halloween because mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not, that's not my final answer. Okay. Okay. My reasoning is Haunted Halloween. I know Slappy is a real character in Goosebumps, and I think mm-hmm. you're using that against me. Okay. My guess is that the movie doesn't have anything to do with Slappy. Okay. Or to take place in the Slappy verse, maybe. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go with Haunted <laughs> Halloween. Slappy verse. Uh, you are correct, sir. It is oh. Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween. And I'll be honest, I was joking about trying to make it easy for you. I did try to make this a challenging quiz. So challenging, in fact, that Slappy's Revenge was the original title of Goosebumps 2. And in production, it was changed to Haunted Halloween, which is clearly a worse title. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right, good. It does take place in the Slappy-verse, though. It it is part of the Slappy-verse. I was wrong about that. Which also, and then at the end of it, I think that the Patrick Wilson and What's-Her-Face, Vera Farmiga, show up, and then they take Slappy back to Rhode Island. (laughs) And in the rain, will uh, Warren take him? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay, so this, uh, my next one is Joyride 3, uh, released in 2014. Okay. Is the real title Joyride 3, colon, Roadkill? Or is it Joyride mm. 3, colon, Highway to Hell? Okay. Well, at least one of these doesn't jump out as being much more clever than the other one. I think they both... Hey. <laughs> they both seem very plausible. What? Yeah. 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 No, I'm saying... No, it's okay. Girl Fiend experience was too clever. That was the problem. Uh, anyways, it's not a problem. It's great. It's a good problem to have. Anyways, I don't know why I'm revisiting this topic. It's not... <laughs> It's not compelling. Um, Roadkill or Highway to Hell? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Roadkill just on a whim. Well, fuck you, sir. Because you're right. (laughs) Roadkill. And that's the real one, right? That's the real one. Okay, cool. You're two for two. I'm one. I have one. You have two. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, here's the third one. You're going to need to get this to stay in the game. 2018, <laughs> The Strangers. Have you seen any of these? Mm-hmm. Have you seen the one that came out in 2018? I don't know. Let's see. I don't know. Let's find out. The Strangers, 2018. The Strangers, colon, Home Invasion. Or Pray at Night. Well, Mike... You're out of luck because I have seen this movie. Fuck. Strangers, pray at night. That's correct. I thought I could get you really confused. <laughs> but just, just calling a home invasion movie home invasion, I was hoping to maybe no. break your brain. And but. I'll tell you what broke my brain. I thought it was comes at night. They come at night. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, is he double night. tricking me? Come at night. Come at night. Oh, uh, so right. two for two here. Yeah, we're tied up. So can you stump me on the last one? I have two options because I've made four for a tiebreaker okay. situation. Okay. I'm trying to decide. I'll go with my with the one I have next. Okay. Oh, I gotta look okay. up when this came up when this came out since we're doing years. Uh it is Dark Harvest 2. <laughs> is this something you've ever heard of? No. Neither did I. Neither have I. Uh 2014. <laughs> okay. Dark okay. Harvest 2, colon, The Haunted Hayride Murders, 
or Dark Harvest 2, The Maze, and maze spelled like corn, (laughs) M-A-I-Z-E. I mean, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> I'm go with the haunted hayride murders. Oh, you are, are you? I am. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, sir. The actual <laughs> movie was the maze. Maze oh, no. spelled M A I Z E. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's oh. why I was like, oh fuck, I don't know if I should do this one. <laughs> yeah, Dark Harvest Two, the maze. What's the hell <laughs> is Dark Harvest? What's the first one about? What's uh, this one about? I don't know. I found it on a, a website that was a list of slasher movies, so I guess it's a slasher of some sort. Okay. Well. It's uh, uh, a group of teenagers go to an inherited farm only to be attacked by a killer scarecrow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool. good. All right. So, tiebreaker, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, how do we make this? So, it's basically just, I, it's it's up to me to get it or not get it? I guess so. That makes yeah. sense. Did you so make it's three like or did you do? Did you? Uh, I only did three. You only did but three. since okay. you have an extra one, I guess it's if I if I if I guess it correctly, I win. If I don't, you win, right? Because yeah. you've stumped me. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, the movie series is called Violent Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> really reaching yeah. deep for these. Yeah, I found it. I found all of these on the same website, which was, okay. was like, oh good. I have a bunch of new movies, a bunch of uh, movies I can now pull from. Uh, violent shit four, Skull Crusher versus Toilet Man, or Violent Shit four, Carl the Butcher versus the Axe. I mean, again, this is one of those like. Are, is it a double is it a fake out is it a double fake out cause you would expect a movie about violent shits to have some sort of reference to shitting or a toilet right so the toilet man or whatever the fuck that's the logical choice but then it's like would you so but then it's like okay so that would make sense if you were writing a fake one so the other one almost seems more plausible because it has nothing to do with shitting. But then it's like, you would have thought that. So maybe you would have <laughs> written the one that doesn't have anything to do with shit to think that I had done this. So I'm going to go all the way back to the toilet man. And I'm going to go with the first one. Is it the toilet man, Eric? Man, I love that I have you so spooked <laughs> that you fall right into my traps. <laughs> The exact reasoning you you just laid out there was your undoing. Because the real title is The Butcher versus Axe Man. And I I threw Toilet Man in there to because I was like, oh, is this a movie about violent shits? <laughs> Should so be. I just I just went two steps too far. Yep. All right. Well, I guess I'm the winner, right? Is that make me that the winner? That makes you the winner of the colon exam. Oh man! And congratulations, sir. Your you. grand prize is we got you lined up for a colonoscopy. So. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm due for one, I guess. Gonna be turning forty soon. Hey, congrats! Uh, well, I had a part of my colon removed, so I've had a bunch of them. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, guys, if you would like to have your colon removed with us, <laughs> you can do so. You can write to us at killstreakpod at gmail.com. Uh, we're killstreakpod on all of the socials, including mm-hmm. Slasher app, which I still haven't really figured out what the purpose of it is, but I'll keep posting there. When we... Some sort of horror-based social media? Right? Yeah, it's horror-based social media. So um, I'll be posting our, our links up there when shows are posted. So if you're on there, add me. Okay. Um, yeah, it's Pod and God. Yeah. Send us a message. We already have one great email, uh, about the Phantasm franchise. Uh, hopefully maybe we'll clarify some of our big questions about what the fuck happened to Jody. Uh, but if you guys want to weigh in or you have questions you want us to answer, uh, yeah, use, use some of those, uh, you know, uh, uh socials or the email or blah, 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 blah. Leave us a voicemail, uh, in the show notes. Uh, and yeah, chime in. We're we're gonna be breaking format a little bit because I'm headed out of town again. I'm a traveling man now that I got my vaccine. Um, and so next week, instead of doing our rankings and wrap up episode uh, this coming Thursday, as we usually would, we're actually pushing that out to next Monday. So look for that on the 17th, a week from today, uh, when we will yeah. finally bring the Phantasm series to a close. Yeah, and we're going to announce the next series we're doing. We're very excited about it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, I shouldn't have closed my wiki, my uh, your, notes. Your document full of quotes. Uh, yeah. from... <laughs> oh, well, the other thing goodness. I'll say, so, so maybe a week premature, but that's okay. All I'm going to say about our coming series is, I think, if you guys don't already, which would blow my mind, it really makes me sad, but... This is a great time to consider signing up for a subscription to Shudder, uh, mm. where where Eric and I love to watch great movies that are perfect for our podcast, but they aren't sequels. Uh, it's it's my preferred platform to watch any horror movie that yeah, I can. Here. And it is the home of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, uh, a show that we are both slavish fans of. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may be uh, a little bit of a, a tie-in, if you will. Um, with the old last drive-in in our next series. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, that makes it sound like we have like Joe Bob or oh yeah, Darcy. No, they, no we don't. They don't <laughs> we know, know we exist. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Darcy technically follows me on Twitter. Yeah, there you go. I yeah, think she is. follows everybody. Um, cool. All right. Well, until next week, and as always, fire in the motherfucking hole.